At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. You are listening to Veggie Doctor Radio, and this is episode number 95. Hey, I'm your host, Dr. Yami. I'm a board-certified pediatrician, certified health and wellness coach, author, and speaker. I'm also a passionate promoter of the power of diet and lifestyle in preventing and reversing chronic disease and bringing joy and longevity into our lives. This podcast is focused on plant-based nutrition, habit formation, motivation, and mindset so that you can have the tools to live the best life possible. Are you ready to get started? Let's do this. Just trying to minimize our impact through these small changes that you can make, um, that should be the goal. Because if we all collectively did that, imagine how much waste we reduce. Welcome, welcome, veggie lovers. Happy Sunday. I hope that you are having a very plantastic day today. And welcome back to Veggie Doctor Radio. You are listening to the third episode in my sustainability and climate change series on Veggie Doctor Radio. So I wanted to do this in the month of April because in April, on April the 22nd, we celebrate Earth Day. I wanted to make this month all about Earth, our planet, how we can reduce waste, how we can be more sustainable, decrease our meat consumption, and why decreasing our meat consumption actually contributes to helping the planet. How does eating meat contribute to climate change? So, so far we've listened to my friend Kate Gottlieb. We heard from Dr. John MacDougall last week, who is very passionate about this issue and now is dedicating his career to talking to people about this and really trying to make a difference. He has said he has not given up hope. He has hope that we can make a difference. And today we are going to hear from another one of my friends. Her name is Alyssa Sikora, and she's going to talk to us about the practical aspects at our homes, in our daily lives. What can we do to decrease waste? So I'll tell you more about Alyssa in just a little bit, but I wanted to remind you of a couple of things as usual. If you have not already subscribed to my newsletter, there's two ways to do it. You can text the word FIBER, F-I-B-E-R, to 66866, or you can go to my website, dryami.com forward slash sign up. In addition, because this episode is so packed with resources and information on how you can 
start to decrease waste in your day-to-day life, I'm going to have a download for you. So if you go to dryami.com forward slash podcast forward slash 95, okay, dryami.com forward slash podcast forward slash 95, that is the episode page for this episode, you will find a link where you can download the resource list for this episode. So you can have it all nice printed fashion or just download onto your computer with clickable links so that you can access all of the things that we talked about and more. So that is the little treat that you are gonna get. Also, remember that my book is available to purchase pretty much anywhere that you can buy books. It's also available in ebook and audiobook narrated by me. I've talked about in the past my journey of recording the audiobook. It was harder than I thought it was going to be, but I think it turned out pretty good. So if you would prefer to listen to my book, which is called A Parent's Guide to Intuitive Eating, How to Raise Kids Who Love to Eat Healthy, then check it out on pretty much all the major audiobook platforms as well. Thank you very much for that. Remember also to subscribe, rate, and review my podcast on iTunes. I would greatly appreciate it. I am so grateful for you. Grateful to my loyal listeners coming back every week, listening to the content I have. And thank you so much for your feedback so that you can help us improve and make this podcast even better and better and better. Because I love it. This is one of my favorite things I do in my world. So thank you so much. So let me tell you more about Miss Alyssa. Alyssa Sikora grew up in Mississippi, where she graduated with a bachelor's degree in political science from the University of Mississippi. After college, she moved to Washington, D.C. to work in international relations. During that time, she received her master's degree in international relations from the American Military University. She met her husband while living in D.C., and they both went vegan in 2013, right before their wedding. Alyssa is a certified vegan chef through the Ruby Cooking School and has given many cooking classes and demos. She is also a certified Lyangar yoga teacher. She considers herself a minimalist and low-waste lifestyle advocate. Alyssa is now a stay-at-home mom and currently lives in Denver, Colorado with her husband, two dogs, and two-year-old daughter, and she is expecting her second child due July 2020. So I know Alyssa through the Food for Life program because she's also a Food for Life cooking instructor and we trained at the same time. Somehow I had forgotten that because I've also been with her on the vegan cruise and other events. So I was like, how do I know you again? Anyway, so that's how I know her. And she has an Instagram called Magnolia Healthy Living. And it is through there that I realized that she was really into this low waste minimalism. I also practice, my family and I, we also practice minimalism. And I hope to bring you a podcast episode specifically on minimalism, hopefully soon, sometime this season. But in this episode, we talk specifically about decreasing waste and what you can do, like little tips. What are things that you can do starting today with your family to decrease the amount of waste that you are producing? And it's not about zero. It's not about not producing any waste at all. 
but it's about reducing. What are the things that we can do? Some, some things are even pretty easy. Some things are more difficult. But today, there are probably some habits that you can start to implement that over time is gonna be a big deal because all of these little things, they add up over time. It's not just something you do one day, it's things that you start doing over and over and over. And then when you look back after a few years, you're like, whoa, that really makes an impact. So that's the kind of things that we wanted to talk about today. Again, thank you so much for listening. I hope that you really enjoy this episode and that it helps you implement some changes in your life with your family. Remember, for that download, go to dryami.com forward slash podcast forward slash 95. Check it out. Thank you so much for listening. And I hope that you really enjoy this episode. Alyssa, thank you so much for joining me on Veggie Doctor Radio. Thank you for inviting me. I'm really excited to be here. Well, I was trying to remember where we met because I've known you for so long and I totally forgot that we were food for life instructors together. So that's so cool. But of course, what, what I remembered the most is the vegan cruise that we got to be on together. Wasn't that such a blast? Oh my gosh. Yes. It was amazing. We want to go again, but we just haven't had the chance. (laughs) Yeah. I've done it twice and I definitely want to do it again, but um, just for the listeners, there is a vegan cruise. And it is really great. The food is amazing. The speakers are amazing. So definitely check that out if you want to take a cruise in a plant-based fashion where you know that you're going to have plenty to eat and you're going to have tons of fun, including treats like ice cream at night, which is amazing. So anyway, Alyssa, so I want to go ahead and talk about your plant-based journey, because I know you have some interesting things to say about how you became a vegan. Yes. So I would say my journey started in 2006. My mother was diagnosed with breast cancer. And during that time, her oncologist told her to limit her amount of red meat. And she thought she was going to say something like, you know, once a week, once a month, but she said once a year. And that was the first time, yeah, that was the first time I'd ever heard that meat could be bad. So after that, a few years later, um, I was living in DC and then I decided to make the switch to no red meat and pork. Um, And then a couple more years later, I watched Forks Over Knives and that was a big game changer. I think it came out in 2011 and that's when I watched it on Netflix. And then my boyfriend, my husband now, I called him and he watched it the next day and we both were like, okay, we're going vegetarian because I don't even think we really knew what vegan was at Mm -hmm. the time. Mm -hmm. Um, And then after a little bit of time, my husband started doing a lot of research into the ethics side of everything. And that's when we decided to make the switch to be vegan. So that was about seven years ago. Wow. So what have you learned on this journey? What's been something that's been surprising to you? Um, I've learned how to navigate social situations because that was kind of surprising. Like, I think I thought, okay, I'm going to make this switch and it's my personal decision. But then you find out, no, it's a whole lifestyle switch Mm -hmm. and it changes everything fundamentally about your life and it impacts your family. It impacts 
social gatherings, holidays, all those things. So that was that was surprising, but we've been able to navigate it. And actually from uh, our journey, our both of our mothers are now vegan. So that's been great to see them. And my, my mother being a cancer survivor, I was just so proud of her for going vegan and making that transition for her health. And I think she's definitely now more on the ethics side as well. Mm -hmm. And have you and your husband noticed any changes in your health or your bodies? I would definitely say so. I used to have a lot of stomach issues. Like I was having to take Tums, Pepto-Bismol, you know, all those things like on a daily basis. And since I've been vegan and then Advil, I would have headaches. I don't feel like I take any of that stuff. I don't even have it in the house. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I just, uh, I don't feel like I need that anymore. I just don't have those issues. And I've been able to have a full vegan pregnancy with my first child. And now I'm pregnant again and having a great, healthy vegan pregnancy. So, Yeah. That's great. And then you became a food for life instructor as well. And through that, you've been able to teach others and promote this plant-based lifestyle for health reasons as well. Exactly. Yes. I've done um, several food for life classes and cooking demos at health fairs. Uh, I also got my Ruby cooking um, plant-based chef certification So I wanted to have that because I felt like with Food for Life, you got the materials, but you didn't get all the cooking skills. Mm -hmm. And I felt Mm -hmm. like I was lacking in that area. So I did the Ruby cooking school just to get my knife cutting skills up and food handling safety and all that kind of things and learn how to prepare gourmet plant meals, which my husband appreciates. (laughs) <laughs> Definitely. Well, I took that the six month course as well. And yes, that is no joke. That it is, is no an joke. intense course. <laughs> you get to learn some amazing things like making your own pasta. I never thought I would learn how to make pasta and learn how to make seitan from scratch. It was so, such a great course. It was that seitan was really good. So yummy. <laughs> I remember that. Well, it seems like this really has been a journey for you with the food, the ethics, but I want to know how did you become interested in reducing your impact on the environment? Well, that started kind of around the time we went vegan. Uh, We were getting married and we were preparing our registry before our wedding. And I was starting to think about what do I want in my home that's going to be environmentally friendly because I'm starting over essentially with what I'm going to have in my house. And um, I was thinking about using glass Tupperware instead of plastic, replacing all of that, um, getting stainless steel pots and pans instead of the Teflon because of the chemicals involved with that. Um, So that's kind of how I started. And for years, I've been using reusable grocery bags. That's just kind of a thing that you did, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, But that's kind of how I got started. And then a few years later, when zero waste kind of became a buzzword, I just latched onto that and I started reading more and more about it um, and just started making small changes at first. And then I watched the minimalism documentary. I don't know if you've seen that one, but Mm -hmm. um, that was a great documentary that I watched while I was pregnant. And I started making uh, changes in that way as well, trying to minimize the amount of clothes I had, the amount of stuff we had in the home, um, all that to um, 
kind of reduce our waste and our consumption. Mm-hmm. What does zero waste actually mean? Well, I, I looked up this definition. <laughs> um, there is a zero waste international group that defines it as the conservation of all resources by means of responsible production, consumption, reuse, and recovery of products, packaging, and materials without burning and with no discharges to land, water, or air that threaten the environment or human health. So that's a fancy definition. But for me, I would define it more as reducing, reusing, recycling, and even refusing items that might be given to you for free or at a kid's birthday party. Um, That's kind of where waste kind of can start creeping in. But those to me are kind of the four tenets that I try to follow. Mm -hmm. So reduce, reuse, recycle, and refuse. And refuse. So that's a new one. I haven't heard anybody use that one before. So yes. that, but that's definitely a very important concept. It is. So the reason I ask what zero waste means is because I think for some people, it may seem a little dramatic. Like it may seem yes. unachievable. Like, yes. like they think zero waste are like, okay, well that's impossible. So I'm not even <laughs> going to try, but is that really the intent Well, I'm not one of those people that you see on YouTube with their little mason jar of their trash, you know, like this is the three little, you know, stickers from my apple that, you know, (laughs) that's not me. (laughs) I'm not there. And I don't know if we'll ever fully be there as a society. But um, I think that just trying to minimize our impact through these small changes that you can make. Um, that should be the goal because mm-hmm. if we all collectively did that, imagine how much waste we re- reduce. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't necessarily mean that we all should have the goal of not producing any waste at all, no. but how can we be conscious about every day, every year, making improvements in our minimization of waste? Yeah that we produce for the environment. Okay, great. So I wanted to clear that up before we got any further. Definitely. (laughs) So obviously this is a huge topic (laughs) and there's lots of different places that we can start, but where are some of the places that you feel that it's an easy place for people to start in reducing their waste? Well, I would say definitely you want to take an assessment of the things that you have in your home that, um, maybe are wearing out, um, things that you might not have, um, take that inventory and then determine what items um, are lacking and then make a list of zero waste swaps that you could make with those items. So you don't wanna go out because it's trendy and buy the bamboo hairbrush if your plastic hairbrush is doing great, you know? So um, that's kind of my first tip is don't think you have to go out and buy everything all at once you can go and you can make these small changes to begin with. I kind of started with my personal care items. Um, That was one of the areas that I started with. Uh, Once I ran out of my shampoo, I started getting the shampoo bars, conditioner bars. Um, When I ran out of my shower gel or whatever I was using, you know, you can just use a bar of soap. Um, Don't forget about buying in bulk. Um, There's a lot of items like shampoo and conditioner that you can buy in bulk. You can get glass Uh, dispensers to put them in and refill them at 
even like your local co-op, some of the, the natural groceries have refillable things. Um, then one thing you don't think about, and this is kind of because I'm a woman, is like your, um, your pads and your tampons and those kinds of things. Um, those are stuff that we use every day. And, you know, we go into all the chemicals that are in them too, but um, just the waste that's produced um, that to me was very concerning. So there are a lot of alternatives now that are kind of more mainstream, um, but Etsy's got a lot of great cloth pads and then using a menstrual cup. So those are kind of some of the first things. And then of course, like the super easiest things are the reusable grocery bags and like stainless steel straw. Cause mm -hmm. I know straws are a big buzzword out there right now too. So yeah. these would be a few of the things that I would start with. Okay, great. So for the personal care products, were there yeah. any like mental blocks or even just physical obstacles that you had to get past? Like I know yeah. that I was talking to somebody about like they had to adapt to using a shampoo bar and can everybody do it? I mean, I have incredibly curly hair and I'm just thinking, I don't think I could use a bar for my hair. So what are some of the things that people might experience when they're trying to make some of these changes in their personal care products? You definitely have to do some experimentation. So um, I had a shampoo recently that was, I was buying in bulk and it was not working. <laughs> it just was causing, because I have curly hair too. It was just building up in my hair, causing knots and that kind of thing. So you just kind of have to experiment and find the products that work. Um, I know some people do the no poo method. I don't know if you've heard of this since you're a curly mm -hmm. hair person too. Um, where you use the apple cider vinegar or the baking soda and water rinse. Um, and that's something you can do to, to see if that would work for you, especially when you're trying to um, clarify your hair. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, some of the things, one of the things that I'm still kind of having a mental block about is the safety razor. So mm. that is a razor used probably by our parents' generation. Um, because I think my mom told me, don't buy the safety razor. It's terrible. I used it as a child, but it is a zero waste alternative to razors, hmm. um, the plastic razors that we all use. And um, I liked it. it. It's it. You do have to be a little bit more careful when you use it, but it goes dull so quickly. And that was one thing that I'm still trying to figure out and navigate. And there's going to be roadblocks. Mm -hmm. But if you're reducing your waste at the end of the day, you feel good about the decisions you're making and you're, you know, you're going to find the alternative that works for you and you just kind of have to experiment a little bit. And if you have a bar that doesn't work, give it to your spouse, maybe it'll work for them. <laughs> yeah. And I think what's important to think about too, is that it adds up so quickly like, you know, you think about all the different containers of plastic that we have for all the different things we have in our house. So the personal care products, the cleaning products, the, you know, everything comes in plastic. And so even if you can't change everything to an option that's less waste producing, if you can change a few of those, it's really going to make a difference over a few years or over your lifespan, you know, so getting into the habit, even if it takes you a little bit to find which alternative works for you, it, I think it's really worth it for the environment. I think so too. Definitely. 
Okay. So you did your personal care products. And I think um, I want to mention too, with the feminine hygiene products, because there may be some people that may have a little bit of a mental obstacle for that one as well. Um, and I have tried both menstrual cup and the reusable pads, and I love them both. And I use them together in different ways, those kinds of things. And I have to say that I just think I've been using them for years and years now. And it really has made a huge difference. I just think of all the different pads or tampons that would have gone to a landfill and it makes me feel so much better about what I'm doing. Yes, there's a little bit of, you have to get used to it and you have to find what works for you, but I think it's so worth it. I think so too. And I think it probably helped that I did cloth diapers with my child before I did the cloth pads Mm -hmm. because I was used to handling the diapers and and cleaning them and all of that, that you just get used to having the wet bag and you put your pads when they're done and um, you have your stain remover, which I have a stain remover stick, but I also used hydrogen peroxide. Mm. Um, That's another natural stain remover. Um, But you just kind of have your little things and you get your system. And it's not like you're having to handle a lot of waste, um, you know, physical waste, I guess, or bodily waste, but, um, you just have your bag and you dump it out and you do what you need to do. And yeah. And it just becomes your new normal. So you do, you do get used to it. Yes. So let's talk about that then, because you mentioned the cloth diapers. It's one thing when you're reducing waste, when it's just two adults, (laughs) but then you add kids into the mix. And I feel like kids are like natural, just waste attractors, stuff attractors in general. So even for minimalism, it can be really difficult, especially when you have little kids to try to be a minimalist because there's so many things that go along to little babies and toddlers. But then when it comes to waste, where do you start whenever you have children? And and are there any special considerations uh, that you feel like you've had to go through with being zero waste or trying to be a zero waste household with kids? Well, I feel like you could probably dedicate a whole episode (laughs) to this topic. Um, With our daughter, we wanted to do the cloth diapers. That was one of our things before she was born that we thought about. We were like, okay, we're going to do this. So that's an investment right there. But luckily, um, she was our first child. So we registered for these items and a lot of them we got. And then we got some gift cards. So we were able to purchase them that way. Um, But then there is. the whole idea, we were talking about the cleaning of the pads and the diapers. There is, um, I wanted to mention this website. There's a, and it's a Facebook group too. It's called Fluff Love and CD, meaning cloth diaper science. And I would highly recommend this to anybody who wants to cloth diaper to go check out that group because they have a whole website where you can go and you can look up your specific washing machine and figure out your wash routine for that washing machine. And they even um, suggest that you test your water because the hardness of the water can determine if there's going to be more buildup on the diapers, Mm. which you never would think about that. Um, And then um, in addition to the wash routine, they give you recommendations on laundry detergent and all that kind of stuff. So I did want to mention that. So cloth diapers was one way that we went more zero waste with our child. Um, Then I wanted to really minimize her wardrobe, and I've tried to 
keep a minimal wardrobe for her. I think that's huge, especially when it comes to laundry, because you think about how much laundry kids clothes take up. You have your, you and your husband's laundry or you and your spouse's laundry plus your kids. So I didn't want to be doing laundry all day long. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I wanted to keep our wardrobes minimal and her wardrobe minimal. Um, I also like to get a lot of her clothing at consignment shops because then you're not buying into the fast fashion and all that. Really, uh, probably about 97% of her clothes are all consignment. Um, There are so many great kids consignment sales that you can find in your area um, that they have them usually once or twice a year, sometimes more. And those are awesome. So be on the lookout for those. You can probably Google it in your area, kids consignment events. Um, Then the holidays, you know, that's another thing. We just got done with the holidays and the gifts that they get from relatives and grandparents and all that stuff that comes in. So I think my parents, we kind of like in a nice way, in the nicest way possible, let the family know, you know, we don't want a ton of stuff. Just get, you know, what you she needs. And because um, that's kind of a touchy subject too. Mm-hmm. You want to give them the freedom to buy whatever they want, but at the same time, you don't want to be taking home a bunch of stuff. Um, but I think one thing that we do is that we just try to get one or two items for our daughter instead of going over and above like some parents do, because we know she's going to get a lot from other relatives. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was one thing that we did. And then, um, I have a few more things written down. Okay. Um, oh, so speaking of, um, getting things. Um, getting toys and things like that. Um, if you know that your child is interested in a specific toy, sometimes, and it kind of depends on the child too, you can borrow a toy or something from another friend who might have it. Because my, my friend, she does this all the time. Oh, she wants some of the trains. Just let her take some of the trains home and she can play with them. We've got so many. And then she plays with them for a little bit and then you can give them back and you don't have to keep them. And there's, in some countries, I haven't really seen it here in America, but there's toy libraries where you can go. Do they have that in your area? No, but it sounds great. (laughs) I know, doesn't it? Um, I know my sister-in-law lived in New Zealand and they had one in New Zealand where she lived, but you could go and check out toys and bring them home and then check them back in. So they get that experience without having to consume all the stuff. Um, Then library books. Don't feel like you have to go out and buy all the latest and greatest books. The library is such a great place for just free events for them to go to, but then also for the books. Um, Let's see. Yeah, and then just the consignment clothes. I mentioned that already. So those were just some of the ways that we we did things with our daughter. Yeah, and a lot of this crosses right over into minimalism, which is a great topic too. Yes, yeah. you know, it can require a big paradigm shift because in the United States, we are a consumer country and we're also a country that wants things quickly. So I have had difficulty with books because books, it's kind of an addiction for me. So training myself to either like wait till it is available in the library or getting an ebook is really hard for me sometimes. Like I just want it physically. I want it in my hands. I want it right away. So Amazon prime, (laughs) you know, it's it's an issue, but I think also 
for parents, um, they may have to make a paradigm shift because we're used to giving our children an abundance of things too. So has that been difficult for you as far as like, did you ever feel or have any other uh, family members said anything about your child being deprived because she doesn't have as many toys or as much clothes or have you struggled with that at all? You know, I really haven't. Um, I haven't had too much of that. I know I've had a few relatives say, you know, are you liking how minimal your house is? They'll come and see my house and see, you know, we have a whole room that has no furniture because it's our yoga room. And they'll, they'll say, you know, are you happy with this? And I'm like, <laughs> you know, I feel good about it. Um, but not really, not to, I'm nothing that really rings a bell or felt like it really hurt me. Mm-hmm. Nothing mm-hmm. like that. And I think a lot of times I get a lot of compliments about it, you know, just that, oh, wow, you know, you just don't have that much stuff or it just seems like it's, you know, seems like this would be easier. And a lot of, and one, one thing I do as well is kind of, um, I rotate Luna's toys. So she has some toys out and some, a lot of toys are up so that I don't have a lot of toys out at one time that I have to pick up and Mm -hmm. everywhere. But I think minimalism and zero waste, they're so integrated to me Mm -hmm. because when you're not consuming so much, you're not going to be producing as much waste. You're not going to be sending clothes to the landfill or, you know, even when they get older and you want to get rid of all their kids' books, you know, those could end up in the landfill. You never know what's going to happen to Mm -hmm. all these things when they pass from your hands to someone else's. So I think that they're so integrated, but, oh, and I I remembered one more thing with, um, with the food, Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one thing that we haven't talked about. Yeah, that was my next area that I wanted okay. to talk to you about because food yeah. is a whole different oh, it's area. A whole thing. Yes. Okay. So um, with with food and kids, there's it's all about convenience because mm-hmm. you know this. You're a mother. <laughs> it's about getting food to them quickly. And my daughter's at the age where she's like, I want a snack. I want a snack. I want a snack. I want a snack. And I just think she is a bottomless pit. How can this child eat so much food? But, you know, I want to have good things available. Um, So, yeah. So when we go to the grocery, it's just hard not to pick up a bunch of Lara bars that are all individually wrapped or a box of these little um, cracker things that she likes that are individually packaged. But they're so convenient because when you just need to grab and go or I have a little um, system for Luna so that I don't have to constantly be getting her snacks because that wears, you know, that wears on you. You want them to be independent and be able to get their own snack. So I have um, several uh, uh, cabinet with several shelves of snacks, but sometimes it's easier to have individually wrapped things. Now I have some little oranges and some bananas and fruit that she can peel, but then you've got to have some package things too, because that's just easier for her to grab and go. So that's kind of one area where I've struggled because for me, I can get unpackaged things that I can whip up, but I don't want to have to constantly be doing that for her throughout the day. Cause I want her to be independent. 
Mm-hmm. So that's, that's definitely an area where we struggle. <laughs> yeah. So there's just so many little things to think about. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. And obviously, for those of us that may have more time, you can do your batch cooking every week and make your homemade granola bars. And, you know, you can have uh, reusable little sandwich bags or little wraps and stuff like that where you can do it, but it also just requires time and planning. Yes. And we, we've gone through phases where I have felt like doing that. (laughs) I am a stay at home mom. I do have time, but you know, also being pregnant, you know, and I'm just getting through first trimester, you know, how that goes. You're tired, you're, (laughs) you're nauseous, all that. So you're just trying to survive. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, there's times like that. There's seasons of your life where you have the time to do it. And there's seasons of your life where you don't have the time to do it. So, um, yeah, it definitely takes planning, though, like you said, to to plan all that out. And I think the moral of the story is do the best you can in the areas that you can and don't get to the point where you're beating yourself up about the other stuff. I mean, just whenever you're able to get to that place, do it. And if you're not, you just slowly work up to it. You know, you find the areas in your life where it's going to be a little bit easier for you to make those changes and some where it might be a little difficult and might take more time to make a change like that. Yes. So let's talk more about this capsule wardrobe because we can do it in children, but we can also do it for ourselves. Do you yourself also have a capsule wardrobe? I do. I do. I read the most amazing book. I would highly recommend it. It's called The Curated Closet. And I got it at the library. (laughs) I wanted to buy it, but I got it at the library. And it was so good because I felt like after I watched the minimalism movie, I did the Project 333, where you do the 33 items for three months. And that was great. And that worked pretty well. But the curated closet is nice because it really makes you think about your personal style, what colors you like, what cuts you like. Um, it, it does a whole lot of workshopping where you are making, uh, where you document your clothes for two weeks. You see, okay, what colors did I really like? What items did I wear the most of? It just makes you think about a lot of things like your personal style, defining your personal style. And then you see areas where, okay, what am I lacking? What do I need and what do I don't need? And it just makes a smarter shopper. It makes your wardrobe come together better. I just felt like with the Project 333, I just kind of picked random items. But the curated closet, I really felt like I curated a wardrobe that was my style, that I felt good in every day. Um, and I, I boxed everything up that I didn't feel like fit in with that personal style. So I, I, I didn't want to just get rid of everything all at once. And uh, I wanted to have it just there in case I felt like, oh, I really miss this and this would fit in well. Or, um, 
you know, seasonal items too. You want to put seasonal items away when it's not winter or when it's not summer. Um, so I do that as well, but I would highly recommend that book. It really changed the way I shop and I think about my wardrobe um, and all that. So that sounds really good. I definitely will be checking that out. I also yeah. did project 333 and just for the listeners, I think you said it a little bit, but it's 33 items and you change every three months. But yeah. my project 333 became like 336 <laughs> because it's like, the, I didn't even like, it was just like my life goes so fast that I ended up having the same 33 items for six months instead of for three months. Um, but I think it works really well, but also I ran into some of those problems too. And that like, well, sometimes it wasn't working as well as it could be. And I feel like I just ended up looking the same all the time. So I think doing the curated closet might be nice to kind of discover a little bit. How do you add a little bit more pop of color and some of those different personality type style yeah. things that I think would be really fun. So and it limit you to a number, which I felt like so many of the minimalism things limit you to a number. Mm. Sometimes that is almost too restrictive. Mm -hmm. And I'm kind of an artistic person who likes to wear different things and mix and match and kind of have a crazier, you know, crazier look sometimes. And um, 33 items just like couldn't do it for me. <laughs> yeah. So it's nice now that I don't have to be limited by a number, but I still have less clothes than my husband. So. Wow. <laughs> that is incredible. I know. I know. <laughs> get rid of anything. That's his deal. He just doesn't get rid of anything. He can't get rid of anything. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> All right. So can you talk about what are some of the things that people may not even realize start insidiously creeping into their lives that they can start to target? Yes. So we talked about this briefly with the refusing. Um, it's, it's free stuff. I mean, you go to like a little festival, a veg fest, a conference, birthday parties for kids, free days at museums you're going to be bombarded with free stuff that you really don't need. And it's hard with kids because they feel the pressure that they want to get it. Um, but a lot of that stuff is just going to end up in your garbage. So I feel like that's one way that waste can insidiously um, creep in. Um, also leftovers at restaurants. Think about how many times you've taken home one of those plastic containers or styrofoam and an easy way to, uh, avoid that is by bringing your own container, bringing your own glass container or stainless steel, which I always forget mine, it seems like, but a lot of restaurants are switching to the um, paper cartons. Mm -hmm. That is really nice because those are compostable and they'll um, are biodegradable in the landfill um, either way, if you compost or not. Um, and then we've talked about this briefly, but convenience foods at the grocery, that just seems to be, you know, another, probably a, the main way waste comes in is because you just grab that convenience food, um, grab the Beyond Meat burgers and, <laughs> yeah. that, you know, and I feel like I wanted to focus on this for myself in 2020 yeah. because I feel like I can do better. You know, there's a lot of areas that I feel like I'm doing pretty well, but yeah. what all of a sudden it just hit me one day. I love getting the Costco size individual servings of hummus and guacamole. 
Yes. It's so convenient. It is so convenient. Yeah. It's great for lunch boxes. It's great for traveling. But for some reason, one day it just hit me like, oh my gosh, I have just been contributing so much waste, these little plastic containers. And they're all like, you know, about an ounce over and over every single week. So I was buying them every single week. And finally I was just like, all right, I can't ignore this anymore. <laughs> you know, I probably need to stop doing this. And, you know, I may not stop completely, maybe get it every once in a while for yeah. those weeks that it's just going to be crazy. Um, but it's those little things that you're so used to doing that you don't even think about. Yes. And I love the refuse. I really, I want to start using that because we went to a little special thing on vacation recently where we got like VIP status for fun. It was like a family event thing. And everybody in the party, there were seven of us. We all got these lanyards, really nice lanyards with like a plastic, a big plastic thing on it that said VIP that you get to keep and take home. And like all these things that came with it. And we got back to the hotel and I'm like, we should have just returned it before we left. You know, like I didn't even think about it until we got to the hotel. And we're like, we're not going to keep this stuff. Like, what are we going to do with this? And that happens over and over and over again. So even just because I think it can be awkward too, right? You get something and saying no is awkward or returning it can be awkward. So you almost have to mentally prepare yourself and start practicing and you'll probably get better at it over time. What do you think about that, Alyssa? I agree. Yes. There, there has been so many times where I said, why did I take this? Same, same thing, you know, where you have that reaction, like I should have just given this back or said, no, thanks. Um, those things happen and we're all human. We're going to make mistakes. Um, you know, things like these are going to happen, but now that we're more aware, it's just getting that awareness Yeah. of, okay, you know, we need to either just refuse it or return it. Like you said, you could have just returned it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's, that's all great, wonderful tips. And I am also going to be more try to be more conscious about taking my reusable container to restaurants because we often do have leftovers when we go to restaurants and that's an easy way where you can start eliminating yeah. waste in your life. So you can do that in grocery stores as well, not just your reusable bags, but whenever you get bulk items, bulk you can items. take your either a mesh bag or you can take a glass container. A lot of grocery stores will let you use those kinds of things and you can reduce yeah. even more plastic that way as well. Yeah. And uh, one thing, since we moved, we lost all of our spices because they just got old. They had been in storage. You know how spices can mm -hmm. just get old. So I bought uh, a big set of containers from Amazon. So I've been getting all my spices in bulk now which I had never thought about, you know, you just buy those little spice jars and when they're done, you throw them away and get another one. And so now I'm doing that in bulk. Um, and I've also been having a garden. So mm -hmm. I've been able to grow some of my own uh, herbs and that's been really fun too. Yeah. And it's a win-win with the spices because buying the spices in bulk is actually way cheaper. The other day I, I had to replace some of my cumin and I got probably two jars worth of cumin for $1.83 when usually if you get like a little thing, the cheapest one's probably going to be like at least three or $4 and the most expensive fancy, and this was organic cumin, the most expensive fancy cumins could be $13, you know? So it makes like a big difference to buy in bulk. Yeah. And that's the same with like your tea, like getting loose leaf tea instead of the little individually packaged teas. Um, 
have a few more things. Oh, uh, one thing that we love, a few years ago, we got an air popper and mm-hmm. buying the popcorn in bulk mm-hmm. with the air popper, it's a lot healthier and then it's reducing your waste too. So Absolutely. That's- and it's fun. I will say that my kids know how to use our air popper. And when it's time for us to watch a movie, they fight over who gets to make the popcorn. They end up taking turns. <laughs> Top to a some nutritional yeast, that stuff is really good. Oh, yes. Okay. So what would you say would be some advanced level things? I know we've talked about a lot of things. Maybe you've already mentioned some of those things, but we have the places where people can get started. What would you say is advanced level for people that have already kind of started reducing their waste? Okay. So advanced level, (laughs) Um, I would say I recently got um, a biodegradable phone case. Whoa. Got your phone, your phone cases. Um, I got it's called Pella case. You've probably seen it. Mm, I don't um, think so. You haven't? Okay. Yeah, I, it's constantly being advertised to me. It must be because of the things I click on. Um, but I was like, oh my gosh, I never even thought about my phone case. Um, and that's not like a big thing where you're producing a ton of waste. But you know, every time you get a new phone, you probably get a new phone case. And um, those are biodegradable, which is amazing. And they're really nice quality. So I would think that that was kind of would be like a higher level thing that you wouldn't think about. Um, Also, when it comes to your cleaning products, um, making your own cleaning products, I've really gotten into that um, in the last couple of years. Um, There's a great company. um, It's called All Purpose Household Cleaners. And they make these spray bottles that have the recipe on the side of the jar for either a bathroom cleaner, granite, wood. And it tells you, it's all on the side where it it tells you the exact measurements and what ingredients. And you can choose what you want to use it for. So it has all the recipes on the side for each thing. But you can choose, okay, this one's going to be my bathroom cleaner. And then you can just label it bathroom cleaner. So I really like that because they give you the recipe. You don't have to, you know, research and find something. It's all right there in the jar. And they have another one that I really wanted to get, but I haven't gotten it yet. It's where you can make your own kind of like Clorox wipes, but they, it's a jar and it is full of rags already. And then it gives you the recipe for the mixture to make inside and you just keep the rags wet and then you use them and then wash the rags and then refill it again. And so that to me seemed really cool. I haven't gotten that one yet. Um, I've just been using old, you know, old rags from the house and just the spray. Wow. That's pretty incredible. Are there any recipes that you feel like are so simple that somebody could start using them right now? Like, do you, is there any that you can tell us off the top of your head? Um, I don't have any off the top of my head, but I was going to say on my Instagram page, so I'm at Magnolia Healthy Living. I have A lot of my recipes posted on my individual posts. Um, So I was going to suggest going there. I just didn't, I didn't memorize anything off the top of my head. Um, But, uh, and then I did want to mention that company, the all-purpose household cleaners, because that is just so easy. You know, it's just, you get the little, and we have a zero market here in Denver where I go. It's amazing. Um, Do you have a zero waste shop in your area? No, no. <laughs> more popular, but of course, you know, in Denver, we're going to have one. And so, um, 
yeah, so that's where I go and I buy those, but they have them on Amazon. I, I was researching it last night and they have them where you can order them very easily from Amazon. So that's great. And so that I see as a triple win because one, you're reducing waste Two, you're probably using something that's healthier for your own household environment, as far as less chemicals, less things that are going to leach into your skin and that kind of thing. And three, also cheaper, right? Yes, very cheaper. And I buy the ingredients in bulk um, and I reuse old mason jars from salsa or um, spaghetti sauce. I, I clean those out really good. And then I use those jars to take with me to the zero shop. But I bet you could get them um, maybe at your natural grocer too. Some, some mm-hmm. bulk shops have mm-hmm. these kind of ingredients too. Um, one thing uh, with laundry Um, There are some different brands of laundry detergent that come in a compostable container Mm -hmm. Um, or, you know, you think about like the olden, not the olden days, but you know what I mean? Back, back in the day before they had the plastic dispensers, they had the boxes of the powder detergent. They still have them today, Um, but you've got to think the box is compostable. So that's another alternative than buying the big plastic containers um, then they have bamboo dryer balls, uh, which we've invested in, but don't let your dogs get to them because my golden retriever already ate one of them. <laughs> so, um, but those are nice for, for a drying alternative than little dryer sheets. Um, a lot of them you'll see are made out of wool, because, but of course, since I'm vegan, I'm using the bamboo. They also make hemp too. Okay. Um, and then I haven't gotten into soap nuts. Have you heard of soap nuts? Nope. That is another um, zero waste alternative to laundry detergent. They're literally like nuts, but they have this foaming soapiness cleaning ability. Um, And I don't know the science behind it or anything, but they sell them at the zero waste market. I have not used them though. Um, But it's an actual nut, like a- It's an actual nut. Like it's not like little- pods things pods or what no it's an actual nut wow yeah that's that's pretty advanced level i'm thinking i i think that's pretty advanced i have not done that and i don't think it i had uh i talked to the lady that worked there and she said oh yeah i used them for my cloth diapers but i'm not sure about what the fluff love people would think about soap nuts the, the facebook group i mentioned but i don't think that they would say that they were probably good but i don't know she said she used them and she said she hand washed all of the diapers she used and she hung dried all of them. I'm like, this woman had dedication with her kids. Seriously. Because I Whoa. did not hand wash all my cloth diapers. I'm just going to say. <laughs> wow. That, yeah, that's, that's dedication. That, and is, love. that is like <laughs> zero waste dedication. <laughs> that's awesome. That's really cool. So do you make your own detergent now or do you buy your detergent? Um, I buy my detergent. So, um, I have a good friend that makes her own detergent and she's given me the recipe. I just haven't done it. My mother has actually made detergent before, but I haven't made that leap yet. I've done the bathroom cleaner, the toilet cleaner, um, DIY, the cloth wipes, um, for baby. Um, I've done that. Um, what else? I've done some like, uh, kind of like I guess it would be like a foaming bubbles alternative, like to help deep scrub your tub when there's like stains on the side. Mm -hmm. Um, I've done that. So that's kind of my uh, 
extent to what I've done, but I've done a lot of research there. You can buy bulk detergent too. That's another thing that the zero waste shops often offer is bulk detergent that you can buy. That's so cool. So we, we've been doing more camping recently because we got a new trailer and I was trying to look for alternatives for detergent too. And one thing that I found was detergent sheets. I don't know if you've seen these before, but you know, it does come in a plastic container, but it's, it's a lot smaller. And so they just come in sheets. And of course, if you're just doing a small load, you just use half or a quarter. And so that's another thing that you can do to reduce like a big um, space saving. And also you reduce a big amount of plastic that way. Um, So that's another alternative to just a regular detergent. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. Okay. So that is lots of just so much information. Um, I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about this concept of slow living. Yes. So um, I talk about slow living some on my Instagram page. Um, For me, I think that slow living is less technology, more nature, more family time, making crafts together, cooking together gardening, playing board games. It's just really reducing the amount of technology. And also I think um, over-scheduling that we do with our kids where you have to have sports every day or dance every day. Um, You know, with our daughter, I try to have just a few things we do during the week. I try to limit her technology. Of course, you know, there's going to be days that she's not feeling well, or I'm not feeling well, you know, things that happen where you, you do some technology or we try to do a family movie night, you know, once or twice a week. Um, so I consider that slow living. And I, that was another term that I kind of heard on Instagram that I just clung to like zero waste. I was like, yes, this is what I want. I want slow living. Now that I'm a stay at home mom, I just want us to enjoy our time together really spend quality time because that's why I'm staying home is because I want to have this time with my daughter in this time of her life. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I love it. That sounds fantastic. And it's just what it sounds like, right? Slow down. Slow don't down. overschedule yourself. Don't be running around like a wild person. Just do what matters most, which is savoring time with your family and your friends and also with yourself too, right? Like being mindful, being present instead of always being like next thing, next thing, next thing. I love that. I want to do more of that. (laughs) Yes. What do you wish more people knew? Um, I would say that Um, And we talked about this a little bit, that you don't have to make all these changes at once. Because I just feel like so many people think I'm not going to even try it because I look at these Instagram accounts or these YouTubes, and this is just completely unachievable, you know, what they're doing. Um, And just, you know, like I said, use things until they wear out. Make small changes. Start with personal care or start with your kitchen. if you run out of saran wrap, go get the reusable wraps, you know, that they make out of, um, they have some out of beeswax, but some out of just um, soy wax or whatever. Um, you know, just just start small. Don't, don't think you have to go out and buy a $80 safety razor because it just looks cool, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, when you run out of something, replace it. 
Um, and, you know, some of these things are an investment, but you are making that investment so that you will probably never have to buy that thing again. Mm-hmm. It will last for years and years. And then once it wears out, you can compost it or, you know, recycle it in some way or whatever. So. Yeah, that's beautiful. Definitely. Um, don't get overwhelmed. Start where you can go slow and just be conscious and be mindful of it too. Just like you're saying, like, I think it can kind of become like a trendy thing. And all of a sudden you're buying all this stuff, but you have this stuff to begin with. Now you have more stuff. (laughs) So, so that is something to watch out for too. (laughs) Definitely. It's definitely a pitfall. Yeah. Well, what personal habit are you most proud of? How did you develop it and how do you maintain it? I would say, well, the, the thing I'm most proud of is my garden. And I just, I love having a garden. Um, we had a little garden in Mississippi um, when we lived there, right? Because we just moved to Denver. And I loved having that with Luna and um, being able to compost our waste and use the compost to renew the soil and uh, grow our own fruits and vegetables. You know, I mean, we were only growing herbs at the time. And then this last summer we grew herbs and tomatoes and I'm hoping that I'm going to be having a baby this summer too, but I was planning a big garden. So we're going to, I might have to temper it a little bit, but um, I think that that's such a great thing. You know, even if you are living in an apartment, I have a friend that has a tower garden and a little herbs and pots, you know, it's, it's definitely something that you can do. And you don't have to be completely sustainable with growing your own food. But just having that little bit where you supplement or, um, you know, reducing a little bit through having, growing your own food, it's just so rewarding, Mm -hmm. so rewarding. And it's such a fun thing to do with your kids for them to learn where their food comes from. And I would I have to say that that's what I'm most proud of. And then maintaining it, well, you can't really maintain it in the winter here, unfortunately, in Mississippi, you could, but, um, you know, just planning it out for the next year, knowing where you grew things, you want to rotate it because you want to renew the soil each year. Um, and yeah, that would, I would have to say that that would be my number one thing. That's lovely. And I have grown a garden once and it was really fun, but right now it's just time for me. I definitely don't have the time, but someday I definitely want to get back into that. But the other advantage of gardening for kids is that it studies show that it does increase the likelihood that they're going to eat more fruits and vegetables too, because they're seeing it, they're out there, they're touching it, you know, it's just right there. And they get to see, like you said, where their food comes from and they're more likely to want to experience that too. So that's really great. And I want to add, because I just signed up for this as my year of being more sustainable around here. I signed up for a composting service. I'm sure they have that there in Denver, um, but they have a few here in Yakima now. So I had tried to compost on my own before. It did not go well. And so I just stopped. But now instead, you can sign up for the service where you pay a monthly fee. And they come and pick up your food scraps and they compost it in their big composter. And then you can get some of that soil back if you want, if you're gardening. But if you are at the stage like I was where you're just like scared to compost or you tried to compost and it didn't work, look to see if they have composting services in your area. I have heard of that. And I've heard of some states that do it just, you don't have to pay. Nice. And 
Um, I don't know about Colorado. I have not investigated that. But um, I'm lucky because I have uh, a dad who grew up on a farm and grew his own vegetables. And my, and my mother has had a garden for many years. So they have taught me a lot of things. So I'm very lucky that I have them to kind of help me with the composting and how to do it. And, That's <laughs> and great. there's a great book too um, that I was going to recommend. It's called The Zero Waste Home. Mm-hmm. Um, that was another book um, that I read um, that has a whole section on composting. And it has all the different types of composting the countertop one, you know, from the countertops to the rotating ones, to the open ones, the open air ones. Um, and it tells you kind of the pros and cons and it, it, it gives you advice for what kind of living space you are in to what kind of compost you should use. So if you're in an apartment versus a rural farmhouse. <laughs> so um, that, that was great to be able to reference that in that book. That's wonderful. Well, I wanted to give you a little time to talk about how listeners can connect with you. And I know that also you had some resources you wanted to share to direct people that might be interested in learning more about zero waste living. Definitely. Um, Well, you can find me at Magnolia Healthy Living on Instagram. That's my main place where I post things. Um, I would also highly recommend, um, these are a few of our local Colorado um, places, the Zero Market that I mentioned, they've got a great Instagram account and the Refill Revolution there in Boulder. Um, they are both um, great resources for just seeing different zero waste products. I think they also have an online shop. I think both of them might have an online shop. Um, and those are just local to Colorado. But then one page that I love, um, it's called Simply Living Well. And that's another Instagram account. And she has a garden. She has an amazing garden. I'm super jealous of her garden. Um, but she has so many great ideas. One year she made um, soup in a jar that she mm-hmm. gave out as gifts. And I did that one year, Christmas gifts, um, when I was working to all my coworkers. Um, she just has a lot of really cool ideas, like even for her kids' birthday parties. She makes her own pinata and fills it um, with, little things of trail mix wrapped up in brown paper. You know, she's just got a lot of really cute stuff. Um, Then the YouTubers that I follow, and they're also on Instagram, are um, Rihanna Jameen, which I think she might be Rihanna Sarah on Instagram, or I might have that mixed up. But um, it's not a huge channel, but Somehow I found her on Instagram and I watched so many of her videos. She is very hardcore zero waste. Um, she's one of those that doesn't, she know, she, she probably has a mason jar <laughs> with her waist. Um, but uh, I really liked, cause she had videos about like, what's in my purse? What do I carry around with me on a day-to-day basis? And that gave me a lot of tips of things that I do now. Um, and then sustainably vegan, have you heard of her? She's Mm-mm. another good one. Um, she's, I, and I like it because both of these are vegans. Um, sustainably vegan. Um, she's got a lot of great things as well. She does a lot of thrift shopping and, and she has a, a lot of videos on how to get started and that kind of thing. So the, those are the ones that I really liked. And then of course the minimalism movie. Um, there's another movie and I didn't look this up, but it's about the fast fashion 
Mm-hmm. I, I've heard of it. I haven't seen it yet either. I haven't seen it either, but I'd be very interested in seeing that. Um, then the Zero Waste Home and the Curated Closet were the two books that I would recommend. Okay. Great resources. I feel like because I'm, you know, I'm not beginner. I'm probably part way into this journey. I feel yeah. like I'm going to have way more questions as I start to make little changes here and there around my home and in my lifestyle. So those are such great resources. Thank you. Okay. So finally, I would love for you to give my listeners one call to action for the week. What do you think is one thing that they can do this week to reduce their waste? Okay. Well, I, I thinking about this, I would say that they should try to make a change, try to make one of the switches that I recommended. I don't think they have to, I mean, the reusable grocery bags are such an easy one, but I would just say, if you heard something that you were like, oh, I could do that. I would say, go with that one because that will be the easiest one for you. Because I don't want to tell you, oh, do this one. And then it ends up being harder and you never try it. So I would just rather... Uh, your listeners just try to pick one that they thought sounded good and go for that this week. Okay. And there's so many options, like you said, reusable, um, grocery bags, take your, take your container to the restaurant, refuse one item that you know that you don't really want. You're not going to use, um, one of those things, maybe even just look into what products you might want to start you know, changing in your house. Um, some of those things, there's just way, way so many options. So there's something that might resonate with you. And I think that is a fabulous call to action. Do one thing this week that will reduce your waste contribution to the environment. Yes. All right. This has been fantastic. Alyssa, thank you so much for all that information, for sharing with us your experience and your knowledge on zero waste living. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much, Yami. I enjoyed it. And it was just so fun to kind of talk about the little things that I've been doing um, over the last few years and uh, just share my experiences. Yeah. Well, thank you for everything that you do for others and for the environment. And I hope that you have a plantastic day. Thank you. I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. Thank you for tuning in. And I look forward to having you back again next week. A very special thank you to the band Rocket Surgeons for permission to use the broccoli song. To find out more about the Rocket Surgeons, please visit their website at rocketsurgeonsband.com or Facebook at Rocket Surgeons Music. Please subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Also, all of my social media links can be found in the podcast description. Send me a message and let me know what you think of today's podcast. Sharing is caring. Please share, rate, and review my podcast and drop me a line if you have ideas for future episodes. Thank you once again and have a plantastic day. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st.
Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.